You're listening to Creativity Quest, hosted by me, author and writing mindset coach, Carrie Schaefer. Join me and my guests on our quest to ditch our doubts, dance with our demons, and delve into creative delight. Creativity Quest is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Now, let's get creative. Everybody, Carrie Schaefer here, also known as Carrie Ann King, with another episode of Creativity Quest. And we're live today, or well, not exactly live, but we're on camera, which is always extra fun. So I have for you today Karen Kinney. Hi, Karen. Hi. Karen is an artist and an author, which is an amazing combination. I always wonder about that. So we can talk about that a little bit too. I think that. I always think of art as being something that's on the right brain and putting words together is kind of on the left. Although writers, we're also right brain because the ideas and all. So it's just, it's an interesting flow that I'm fascinated by. So we'll probably talk about that. Um, going forward, I just want to let you know that Karen um, has written a lovely book about creativity, which I strongly suggest you read. There's some really great food for thought in there and we will talk about some of it today. It's called The Reluctant Artist and I was fascinated by that title because uh, as you know um, there is always this kind of push-pull between I love writing it's the biggest thing in the world to me it's my gift it's my why I'm here and yet there are those times where it's the last thing I want to do in a day so there's that interesting dynamic that we all come up against at some point in time um, and so actually let's just start with that with the title of the book is that where that title came from is it personal for you where did you come up with the reluctant artist as a title for your book yeah, well, it kind of popped into my head, like a lot of creative ideas do. But I think um, it resonated with me, partly because of what you said. There is this push-pull dynamic with the arts or, you know, creating anything. And I think um, I think when you're really pursuing like a passion, so if it's writing or if it's music or art or whatever, um, there's like the fun joy side of it. But then there's the like, oh, this is hard or like I have to persevere. I mean... I think reluctance to me felt like a more accurate description of like, you know, not every day do I get up like thrilled to just dive in to my work. I mean, some days I do, but, um, you know, it's not always an easy process. So to me, reluctant kind of highlighted that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so, well, and this is actually one of my all time favorite questions to ask all the creative people I meet. So um, for you, when you get into that place where you are feeling reluctant to get to your work, um, let's talk about you personally, okay. rather than getting into all the theory right now, but what is your one, do you have one favorite preferred method to get you into work on a day where you're maybe not feeling the love? Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it always works if I can just trick myself into saying like, I just have to sit down for like a really short time increment, like say 10 minutes or something. Right. Because like, that is really manageable in my mind. Like, oh, anyone can do anything for like 10 minutes. And then, you you know, most often it will like turn into like a longer creative session. So that right. works really well for me. 
Right. So that's starting small. And that's something I talk about actually a lot. That's, that's one of the uh, Kaizen Muse creativity coaching principles is that tiny little steps. Sometimes yeah. we take it even smaller. Like if somebody's really blocked, I'll, I will ask you to just go, you know, open your laptop and open a file. Yeah. Right. Right. I like that. You can create a document. You need to go. Exactly. I think that's great. Yeah. Right. So Another point of curiosity then, so writing and doing art. So I'm guessing those are very different processes for you and feel really different. Is that, is that accurate or kind you of? Know, I would say they're actually more similar than you would think, because, really? for me anyway. Yeah. Um, because they're both like drawing from a creative well. I mean, they're mm -hmm. both like idea-based, you know? So I think, I mean, when it comes to like putting a book together or something like that, that does get much more into left brain, like we were mentioning earlier. but the creative process behind it, I actually find similar because it's like I'm, you know, listening, I'm trying to kind of partner with what's wanting to come out, right. whether it's words or so. Yeah, the process feels similar. But like the end product, I think for like writing, there there becomes a lot more left brain because of, you know, editing and all Ed that. Yeah. 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 So I love that you just said listening, and that is something that came up in the book. So first question I have to ask if you've read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. Yes, I have. <laughs> and yeah. so because a lot of what you've said already kind of sounds a little bit familiar, like the two of you are along a similar path and that mm -hmm. the ideas mm -hmm. come to you and that you're listening and yeah. You know, this is this is the thing I really it took me forever to figure that out though as a writer. Um I was Hmm. I've always been a pantser, so I was always kind of letting the story go, go, but the art of actually listening to what it wants mm -hmm. to be, mm -hmm. rather than insisting that I put something on it that it doesn't want to be, is something yeah. that I still have to remind myself to do. On a, on yeah, yeah. No, totally. I, that's, that's hard for me, too, because I'm a very... Um... I actually have a lot of left brain for an artist, which means I really like completing tasks. Like I uh -huh. like getting things done and wrapped in a nice little package, you know, right. but that's not always, it's not always gel with the creativity very well. So for, it's a challenge for me too, to, to listen and just be in the unknown and all these things and not rush in with like, here's the end goal and here's like how it's going to wrap up. And I'm much stronger at that side of life. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a growth edge for me too. Yeah, well, I think for all of us, and, and it's interesting because um, it's funny because I told you we were probably going to talk about the spiritual thing last, but I love going down the rabbit holes when they pop up. So really right now, I, what I'm feeling like is what we do in our art really tends to be awesome learning lessons for what's going on in the rest of our lives. So it's almost like, you know, for me, it's trust learning to trust my characters and trust my process and trust my plot. Those are very big things for me mm -hmm. in writing. And if I take that out into the rest of my life, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, I mean, yeah. It, trust is a big thing for me. So I, I think um, the whole writing almost as a, as a writing art, our art is a, a place, a, a melting pot, a alchemy spot where we learn and grow and then it might maybe expand out into the, you know, outer, outer life. I kind of have thoughts about that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. I think it's um, a lot of principles. I think that you learn with creativity are applicable, you know, like um, the trust, like you said, 
um, you know, not knowing necessarily where something's going and being okay with that, you know, surrendering to the process, like all these things I think can be totally applied to like <laughs> day to life. <laughs> I mean, I don't always feel like applying them, but they're there. It's right. possible principles to apply. Right. Well, in listening, like you said, and the, you know, showing up even when you don't feel like it, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Exactly. Um, and the, and the, you know, interestingly enough, um, taking breaks or the pause thing, that is one of my biggest challenges, allowing that. And so I, I really do want to spend some time talking about that because I know I'm not the only one. And I was struck by that chapter in your book. Um, really, really excellent thought provoking place it really I mean right now I have a writer friend who is dealing with her her mother just died and it was under very difficult circumstances and she messaged me and said I I don't know how you know I can't write and I'm like well it's okay yeah yeah you know it's okay not to write but I don't allow that for myself either it's a thing I know it's and uh trying to do that pause thing so I would love to hear from you and our listeners hear a little bit from you about your thoughts about that and you know how you came to understand the importance and maybe it, how sure. it's applied in your own life yeah I mean um that's not it's not something I choose easily either I much prefer to be you know getting things done it's more my personality but um I think just life uh, <laughs> kind of forces you to do it. Like you said, with your friend or, um, when life events happen or something difficult is going on. I mean, life gives us lots of opportunities to like learn how to take a break. Cause, um, yeah, I think it's just that a, it's part of being alive. And then <laughs> e, um, I think it's, it is a chance to grow into that. And I, what I like about being willing to take a pause and it's usually because it's necessitated by something happening in life, but it challenges, I think, this cultural notion we have, which I don't agree with. I mean, it's a very American one, um, that you have to be constantly on, like, all the time. And it's like, well, nobody is on all the time. I think nature is a good example of that, right? It's why we have seasons and why, you know, plants bloom and then they die and then they bloom. Like, I think nature itself kind of illustrates this whole point of, like, it's, it's good to have cycles of rest. And then because then next time you're producing, it can be... Um, like an idea that germinated during the rest time. So it's actually kind of necessary, but I don't think our culture is, it's not good, the culture at allowing it, because it doesn't affirm it, you know. Our right culture now. doesn't allow or affirm, but um, the thing about the roots in your chapter, the, the wonderful, great roots of the tree that supported that period of, period of dormancy, tell, yeah. tell us about that. that. That's just, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just kind of a picture analogy of this big tree I'd seen on one of my walks during one, like during an off season, I was having a pause time. And the roots, um, you know, you could see them before they went into the earth. And so I was imagining what they were like underneath the tree, like supporting the tree and how roots kind of spread out and, and um, create this base from which the tree can grow. And just in my mind, I was like, oh, that makes sense, you know, for what could possibly be happening in these, you know, seemingly off periods in our life that they're not actually totally off, you know, things are germinating inside of us, you just can't see what's germinating and it might take time for it to surface. So that just helped me be more okay with like, okay, it looks like I'm doing absolutely nothing, but you know, perhaps something deeper is happening inside of me. And I, but I think there's truth to that. And, um, but it's hard, it's hard, definitely hard to live out. It's hard for me to do that. 
Well, it is. And I think um, you addressed this at the very beginning of the book too. There's, there's this fear that we all have that if we aren't writing and if we stop writing, if we stop painting, if we stop arting, whatever kind of art it is that we're doing, it's going to somehow go away. And, and it's like, for me, it goes all the way back to a very religious upbringing. And um, there's this story in the New Testament of the talents uh-huh. So, you know, this hard taskmaster gives three of his servants talents. One of them gets 10, one gets five, and one gets one. Now, talent back then, um, in case you're not, not up on your Bible stories, is, yeah. is, was a measure of money. And there's all different ways of looking at this parable now, but the way it was given to me was that basically if you don't take care of something that you're trusted with, you're like a bad person and you're going to go to hell, right? So right. <laughs> it was this, the, the guy with the 10 talents, he did a whole lot of, bunch of stuff with it and the master was really happy. Five talents, same, master was really happy. The one talent guy was like, oh, I, I'm not really, you know, I didn't get very much. I'm afraid. I'm just going to bury it in the ground. And, you know, as a young, as a young, not writing writer, I had always <laughs> in the back of my mind, seriously, oh no, I have buried my talent and I'm going to like, totally you know i have screwed my life over forever right like, it was there Condition is raining down and yeah <laughs> yeah so, no that's that's a i mean that's a powerful like you know motivator <laughs> yeah well it wasn't motivating though that fear is never a good motivator for uh, art i don't think bad motivator. yeah it's not a good place to create from at all no. uh-uh. so i think coming back to this idea that you know yes we want to be showing up to our work and our creativity on a regular basis but it doesn't go away it's not going to just totally it's not going to yeah. punish us and never come back right. Right. No, I think that's a great point. I think, um, you know, it makes me think of like, I wonder if that story you told the parable or how much of that ties into like the, you know, Protestant work ethic and all these things in this, in the States where it's like, and I just whip to your back constantly. And, and it is driven by fear. And yeah, like that's definitely not the place you want to create from. And, and like what you mentioned earlier about trust, I think that's where we have to like bring in the trust again, be like, okay, obviously if you're, I, if you're, a writer or an artist or whatever you have it within you and it's a core part of who you are so it can't go away so even if there are periods where it's like doesn't appear to be active it's still there and it's good to remember because there are times for me where i feel like really disconnected with between art and writing both if i'm focusing more on one and not the other i can start to feel that way right now i'm doing a lot more writing so i'm like oh if i ever have to make another art thing again like can i like <laughs> i'm like okay yes i can but I, I have to reconnect but it's it's in me um you know Right. I do think it makes it harder. If, if you've been away for a while, it, mm -hmm. it, sometimes it can make it more difficult to come back because you're a little rusty and things maybe are not flowing as smoothly and, you know, all right. of that. But um, right. I think we can have the trust that it's okay, not beat yeah. ourselves up that we've not been doing what we want to be doing. <laughs> right. right? Yeah, I think I think permission and I think I think being gentle. I think my art, my inner artist or inner writer responds a lot more to gentleness than to like a harsh punitive kind of, you know. So it's like, okay, if my goal is to elicit creativity, I think I'd be better served by learning to be a bit more gentle. Because I mean, you know, no one likes being reprimanded or like uh, held at like gunpoint or something. You must you must produce, you know, it's, it's like, well. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, so I just got this image. This just came to me. So it's the Stephen King movie, Misery. 
Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know if you, you I've yeah. never seen the movie. I've never read the book, but I know this part. So um, Stephen King wrote a book about a writer who had a rabid fan who coaxed him into her farmhouse. Um, I don't know how he got there. I've not read that part. But anyways, uh -huh. she totally immobilizes him, breaks his legs, keeps him there and, and makes him write every day. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one wants to sign up for that. I'm sorry. No. Pay me all the money in the world. No, thank you. No, no. And so when we're doing that to ourselves, when we're beating yeah. ourselves up like that, then why would we want to show up? Right? So Yeah. Yeah. So it is counterintuitive. I think this whole like the harsher I am with myself, the more I'm gonna elicit. I'm like, I don't even know if that's true psychologically, you know? It doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So I'm, I'm also, I'm actually, I want to ask you about this, about what kind of art you do. So, you know, um, and have you written any, are you, what are you writing now? Because you wrote this book. So let's one question at a time. I know if I asked you, that makes me happy. So tell us about the, the types of art that you're engaged in just yeah. for fun. Well, um, more, the most recent kind of art that I've done is uh, more installation art out of like book covers. I use a lot of book materials in my work. And so I kind of will deconstruct actual books, physical books, and then recreate. <gasps> kind of like it's from, I know, I know it's terrible. It's like sacrilegious, but, uh, so yeah, so that's the, the latest in terms of my art evolution. Um, and, and then is somewhere where people can see that. Um, right now, no, because like the last, year and a half I've been living here, I'm actually living in Mexico. And since moving here, I've been focusing a lot more on writing. So both the second book I'm working on and doing some freelance projects. So I do, there is, um, I'm trying to think, yeah, right now there isn't any actual physical place where people could view my art. It, um, you can see things on my website. Um, okay. Right, and let's mention the website now. I'm going to mention again later, but you can find out more at karenkinney.com. So it's easy. It's Karen, K-A-R-E-N-K-I-N-N-E-Y.com. So if you go there, you find out all kinds of stuff. I mean, your social media links are probably there as well. So, yep. That, yep. That's, so that's the easiest thing. Let's go check yep. out her website. So what are you writing? What are, what are you working on writing? What's, what's yeah. in the process? <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm working on a second book. Um, and this book is kind of uh, a combination of creativity and spirituality. I mean, some of that came into the first book, but this book, um, it's going to be like a book of meditation. So short little chapters and on a, a wide range of topics. So there will be some on the creative process again, but then also some chapters on like, um, you know, transitions, um, how do we navigate change, um, gratitude, abundance, like, um, yeah, kind of just a series of meditations. So. Oh, that sounds absolutely lovely. What a, what a lovely idea. So um, I, I believe in all kinds of meditations and um, I do recommend it, by the way, for, for everybody, even if it's just at one minute or five and not into long periods of meditation, although I do love guided meditations, um, but yeah. having them something that you can read that's going to take you into you know a mindset place it's intention i something i really believe yeah. in is that when you sit down to work you can choose how you want to feel and you can do things to bring you into that space it, it's not just uh i don't feel creative today you can you know you can do a lot <laughs> to put yourself in that frame of mind so this yeah. just sounds brilliant so just short little meditations on different 
and different topics. And yeah, and I'm keeping them short too on purpose because I think that people are gonna go into a reflective kind of mode. I mean, it's easier to do that with something kind of succinct. Um, you know, they don't need to write like a treaty on a topic. Right. Well, and then we could even take your meditation and expand on that in our own journals. Um, you know, take that, take the meditation to the page then, which is another awesome thing to do is just journal on. Right. No, actually, that's a really good idea. Have like a writing prompt or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we'll see. it's kind of information, but um, it's fun. I, yeah, the writing, you know, there are a couple art projects, public art projects I might do later this year. Um, but the writing is really where I'm feeling the creative flow right now. So I, awesome. and I want to hone in on that. So, yeah. 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 I love that. And that's something I've been really trying to pay attention to is going where the flow is <laughs> instead yeah. of fighting yeah. that. Right. Right. No, totally. Like I'll, I might recognize the flow and then be like, Oh, but I maybe I should be doing this over here. Right. I should do that. Like, why am I doing this? Why not just go with like, what's, what's right. natural? maybe that means something and I should pay attention you know exactly yeah. I love that paying attention and getting so much more done like if I have a day where you know I'm really fighting my writing and the creative thing I want to do is go do something else if I go do the other creative thing often I'll get that brilliant idea then it's like oh yes. exactly. <laughs> now I know. and then the writing flows again so not not suggesting that you know avoiding your work just because you don't feel the love which doesn't tend to doesn't tend to work well but um if there is creative flow somewhere yeah i love that feeding yeah feeding. and then they intersect i like that what you said it's like oh, okay something might seem totally unrelated but i'm feeling a spark and then you go do it and then you're right then an idea for what you're trying to work on right comes. oh i like that right. Right. I love that. Um, now you are teaching a couple of classes or something. So you want to yeah. tell, tell us about that? What's going on with that? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to be uh, co-teaching a class actually in February. At the, there's a writer's conference here in um, San Miguel de Allende in, in Mexico. Ooh, a writer's conference in Mexico? Yes. Yeah. Attention, guys. San Miguel. What's, what's, it, <laughs> what's it called in case anybody wants to, you know, make an excuse for a trip to Mexico? Yeah, well, it's just called like right, the Writers Conference, but the Writers you, Conference. Googled Writers Conference San Miguel. Okay. Their website will come up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they've been doing it every year for I think this is their fifteenth year. And um, lovely. You know, it, there's all kinds of like you know well-known authors they bring in to do keynote talks, and then there's all kinds of workshops they have on the side that you can. It's like electives you can sign up for. So I'm going to teach a workshop with actually a writer friend of mine who's from LA. And uh, her name is Karen Gutman, and um, it's on the creative process. So yeah, we're going to teach that. It's in February, like the middle of February. How fun! Yeah, yeah. Huh? Let's come February. <laughs> <laughs> Time to come down, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm already planning a big trip this year, so it's okay. I am going to. It's May though, not until May, but I'm going to Japan in May. So. I'm just I have a writer friend who lives in Japan, so we're getting this nice. off the off the tourist beaten path, yeah. trip of a lifetime that I'm really excited about. And, and I've decided I, I'm going to set for those of you who know about my Dead Before Dying books. The next Shadow Valley book is actually going to be in Japan. So Maureen, who is rude and um, <laughs> abrasive is going to like a country where politeness is hugely valued and I'm anyway there's all kinds of really creepy weird paranormal things there's so I think it'll be super fun so yeah fascinating so it'll be a part of partly like a writing trip for you yeah I yeah exactly 
Okay. You know, why not? I can, I can double it it up, right? Double the, double the fun. So that'll be super cool. Um, before we go, I do want to, um, just kind of hint at you guys and tweak your interest that I have something really super fun coming up on the podcast front. That's new and awesome. And if you want to make sure that you get in on the first news about that you want to get on my newsletter so hop over to right at the edge.com and then go backslash inbox magic and you'll sign up for the newsletter and you'll get like the first little bit of this that i release out to everybody because i'm excited i think it's gonna be super fun um other than that anything else that you want to share with everybody before we let you go karen i'll i'll remind everybody about your book here in one second but um anything that you would like to mention that we didn't get to. Yeah. Um, I think just as like an encouragement to like anyone listening um, to really always value what they're doing. You know, I think it's, um, we didn't really get to touch on commerce, but. No, think- and that's such a, okay. All right. We're going to take a little bit longer. This is important. All right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, because the arts aren't always easily tied to consistent money, um, it's hard to sometimes value that just because the culture we live in is, um, determines the value of everything by money. It's, it's, that's seemingly like the only, uh, criteria. So it's important, I think, to really know your own value, uh, in the creative work you're doing, um, regardless of the ebb and flow of the money cycle. So that was what I want to share, but do you want well, to talk a bit about, yeah. Yeah. And it's really important. It's like, I, I'm going to have to admit when I was reading that chapter, I had a little bit of me cause I'm a professional working writer doing a little bit of twitching. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so, um, Karen suggests in her book that, you know, commerce, um, money connected to your art can be not so good for your art. And I think we all know that that's true, you know, here mm-hmm. at the same time as artists, we want to be able to do what we want to do full time and not have to have a day job. So there's that conflict between how do I find the path to stay true to what my art wants and is asking of me and still maybe, you know, be able to support myself from it. Right. And I think it's totally, it totally is a tension. And I think, I think uh, it's great just to know you have options. Like I think um, whether it's something you write or a book that um, you write a series of because they're doing really well or like, you know, particular art piece you make that um, say interior decorator wants like 20 of them or something like that. I think you can have different outlets. Like I think you can have like the work that is maybe more commercially successful and do that because you need commercial success. But then you can, I think it's just important for the creative spirit to be allowed an outlet of creativity that isn't, um, doesn't have the pressure of having to generate money only because I think the most inventive things, um, often don't have mass appeal. I mean, honestly, like the things that have more mass appeal, um, sometimes they can be super inventive and creative and other times they're not. Like think of like a Hollywood, I think I used that in the book, an example of a Hollywood blockbuster that's kind sure. of special effect and all this stuff, but the acting's terrible. Sure. You know, well, there's all books like that too, that those of yeah. us who take our writing very seriously and we look at the sometimes top of the bestseller list and go, wait, what? Right? Yeah. How did that happen? Yes, yes. yes. So I don't know. I think it's important to have both because there is always a tension and I think they don't always marry well. The, the whole, I'm just going to be a creative spirit and just make exactly what I want. It doesn't matter if people want it versus the like people, you know, having something that does sell well. So sometimes it's okay just to let them be two different things and you can have right. both. I love that. Actually, I love that a lot. I think that's, that's a beautiful idea. Um, 
so yeah. that you are always allowing that bit of unfettered free creativity yes. to flourish somewhere that would you know that feeds our souls yeah exactly exactly so it doesn't die but then there's nothing wrong with, with having something people want i mean that's great i think that's like every writer's or artist's dream it's right like, i want what i do you know um so. Mostly, you know, I heard, I'm, I'm not going to name any names or any books right now, but um, uh, story story that I heard, there, there, <laughs> there is a, a writer who considers herself a serious writer and has written literary stuff and had a huge success um, and immediately was very disturbed by the fact <laughs> that she had written something successful, yeah. feeling yeah. like she must have somehow failed her art somehow by writing uh, something with that much mass appeal. Right? Interesting, so, interesting. Yeah. No, fascinating people's mentalities with money and yeah I mean there's a lot to be said just about that just how you even look at money and what it yeah that's right. really interesting right right it's funny and that's kind of why I, I <laughs> it's funny I was avoiding this commerce because I told you that I wanted to talk about it and then I kept going around it it's like it's, yeah. it's such a huge topic we could probably do a whole hour-long podcast just talking about that and maybe we should do that down the road um, because it is it is a big issue I, I know for writers especially I mean I know writer friends who sit down and instead of writing what comes to them look at the market and think about what's been successful what's been selling can I write that how you know I can't make myself do that I right. personally for me if I want to be miserable I'll go back to my day job <laughs> Right. Well, see, that's it. Like, I think for me, it's like creativity is like a life-giving source for me. Yeah. So I'd rather like if say nothing I was making was selling or, or nothing, else, I'd rather like have like the day job and then to let creativity to not put that pressure on it. But other people are different. You know, other people are really motivated or in a good way by like right. um, just studying the market and letting that drive right. what they create. So yeah. there's room for all of it. I think that's, that's the thing. Like, be conscious in your choice of what it is. There's room for all of it. Just don't don't fall prey to a script that, that's not you. That would be right. my there. That authenticity yeah. thing. I love that. And and I think my my way through it. I mean, I have some books. My books are supporting me right now, and I, and I love that. And when I yeah. sit down to write a new one, I think about you know what would I love to write that might actually appeal to readers and make money at the same time. That yeah. that's my way of dealing with that, and I've found that that so far, knock wood, has been working really well for me. So um, you know, and yeah. then I have my Carrie Shaver books, like the Shadow Valley books, that are pure right now, act of love and faith, because yeah. you know, right. who knows? Maybe they'll take off, right? Um, some of some of you totally love them, so it it could happen. You never know. That's the thing, too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It all comes back to that. Well, this has been awesome, Karen. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to Lainey, wherever you are, for hooking us yeah. up. Yeah, shout out to Lainey. Yeah, for connecting us. Yeah. yeah thank you. It was great to chat with you. So That was fun. So look up Karen's book, The Reluctant Artist. It has some really awesome information that will be extremely helpful for your creative journey. Um, and then check out her website. Again, that's karenkinney.com. You can look at the show notes to get links if you are having trouble with spelling or whatever. And sign up for my newsletter if you're not already, if you want to get in on all the latest gossip and news. Okay? All right. Great. Thanks, Karen. We'll see you all soon. Go do something.